everybody, the Con Artist here. We're here to talk about our rolling review choice for winter of 2018, which is A Place Farther Than the Universe. So uh, I'll just give you the plot synopsis real quick. There's a girl named Shirase Kobuchizawa. She loses her mother in an Antarctic expedition, and she is on a personal quest to get to Antarctica, the place where her mother was last seen. She joins forces with a girl named Mari, a girl named Hinata, and a girl named Yuzuki, and together these four lovely ladies venture to a place farther than the universe. And it's just the show about their journey there. So, just to toot my own horn before we start, it was <laughs> my brilliant, brilliant idea to throw Brendan into a volcano after the disaster that was mm, Children of the Whales. Mm, and yes. upon sacrificing him, we got this beautiful, beautiful show, which I challenge anyone to fight me on the fact is the show of the season. Totally worth it. Totally I, um, worth it to throw did... Brendan in that volcano. Wait, that didn't wait, actually, wait. um, yeah, never mind. Goodbye, Brendan, forever. Goodbye. I think it's actually further, but anyway. Hey, hey, <laughs> who invited you back from the volcano? Yo. <laughs> All right. Is he coming to us live from a volcano? Probably. How's, how's, the, how's the heat down there? You bro? guys gave him snacks. That's why he's able to return from the volcano. Hmm. Snacks. Snacks. Okay, so now that we have the uh, the plot synopsis and all that goodiness out of the way, uh, I think I just spoiled us a little bit by saying this show is phenomenal. Like, holy cow, this seriously is the show of the season. Yeah, it's pretty great. I definitely can't disagree with that. Same. Like, there's some good shows, but this one tops them. Yeah, it was excellent. And I really think, like, reading the description, it was, you, you're not totally going to get that out of it. So it's true. Like I actually did not put this on my list of things to watch this season. Like so, whoever's in their marketing department, they need to punch it up a little because they need to be like, "Hey guys, watch it. It's good." <laughs> to be fair, though, like the plot synopsis is what it is. Like it's just four young ladies venturing to Antarctica. It's just everything that comes with it that's brilliant. Years of uh, anime fandom have taught us to expect less from a show with this kind of description. Agreed. Actually, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Tea and also cakes. Like, uh -huh. That's that would be the order of the day. Yeah, basically, Kaon. I blame Kaon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kaon, Kaon deludes us into thinking it's all going to go wrong in a hurry. Yep. <laughs> all right, so I guess we'll just really quickly go over the art. I mean, if you were reading our rolling reviews, we complimented the art quite a bit, especially the backgrounds. Hmm. Um, I mean, just Madhouse goes to town with animating these these environments and really doing such an amazing job whether it's japan itself or that one episode where they go to singapore just stunning stunning background animation mm -hmm. uh, i think i'll let you guys take the chase sequence even though that was my episode but uh oh my goodness it was just episode amazing two, right? episode two yeah they go yeah. to shibuya at night and they end up getting chased by some of the other members of the antarctic expedition and it's just it's just so good yeah, like extremely like frenzied sort of fun action. Like the camera does, you know, kind of like a follow cam, but it like it really works really well with what they're trying to get across, which is the sense of energy going on. Mm -hmm. Just top notch. Oh yeah, absolutely, and just the cityscape, the lights going by. Uh, there's a point where one of the girls like ducks like into uh, yeah. someone else's conversation there's like two drunk office lady office ladies out for an evening and she's like hiding behind a menu at their table that was hilarious because it was like almost borderline <laughs> looney tune like she's sitting there and the other <laughs> woman's just talking to her like uh-huh uh -huh, you know how he left me and she's like 
yeah, gotta go, like, zips in the other direction. You're like, thank goodness for this. You can practically see, like, you know, Hanada the Roadrunner running off while, uh, like, while Kyoto screeches to a stop past the table. Right, oh, yeah. and he's like, wait a minute, turn around. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, as much as we, you know, the animation, again, is gorgeous, especially for as action light as the show generally is. There isn't a lot, you know, of, until they get to Antarctica, there's not a lot in the way of, like, you know crazy uh you know sweeping vistas or big action scenes the chase there is probably the most intense scene in the entire uh in the entire show overall but really what got us in this show and i think most of us are in agreement of this are uh, the characters themselves and the interplay mm. between them because this show is it's so fantastically written in terms of just giving each of the characters a, dis a personality that is distinct, but not just uh, an archetype or a trope. All of these girls have, you know, really interesting and contrasting personalities, but still, you know, they get along fantastically well as their, you know, journey together continues. And that's that was the part that really held me for the longest time. I'm in the exact same boat. I think what... What made me so excited was they took things that could very easily turn into tropes, but they really understood the real world grounding behind what they were giving these girls. I mean, just take like Mari and uh, Scott, you talked about this in your episode, like Mari, you know, is your typical doof teenage girl, but she also longs for something bigger than going to high school every day. You know, she follows all the rules. She's a really just good person generally and she's like i've never even skipped a day of school i've never done anything and like yeah that's a really rough place to be because like i was that kind of high schooler so like senior ditch day came and i was like i should ditch school just once to say i did to say <laughs> i lived yeah like i know that feeling and i, I think many young women even young men would like dang my high school years are coming to an end like what have i done with myself i want to go on an adventure and that's that's a real feeling right whereas like shirase has this deep drive to do something because of a personal tragedy in her life and i'm sure many people resonate with that or like hinata's inevitable stuff like it all is grounded in very real emotions and very real scenarios, and the show makes sure to keep anchoring these girls in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Like, like, nobody has sort of a cliche, tragic backstory, quote-unquote, but, like, they do a really good job of having good motivations for getting where they are. Yeah, actually, I was funny, I wrote in my notes, I was like, nobody has a crazy-ass anime plot. Like that's <laughs> nobody is like, oh no, my parents were lost in a time traveling warp to America, and then my butler tried to choke me, but now I'm still here. And you're like, what? That never happens. No, like Clanad, <laughs> you just go over there. Hold on. <laughs> I did enjoy parts nice. of Clanad, but many of the girls' plots were just so out there. You're like, nobody's life is this tragic, guys. Well, part of yeah, this, like... I think, comes to the fact that isn't um, isn't uh, Soriori, as they've come to shorten it, because a place farther than the universe is a heck of a mouthful, even in Japanese, especially in Japanese. Um, wasn't it? It was written by a woman, wasn't it? Yeah, it is directed by a woman. And I believe many of the writers on staff were also women. Well, that's impossibly rare in Japan. Yeah. So you've got that. You know, there's just better familiarity with you know how 
the, how these girls would think. Like, I'm not saying that male writers can't, you know, manage that and do a good job with it. But again, it's easier to write what you know. It just feels so natural. And part of that, I think, just comes down to the delivery by the voice actresses. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think I think that's important to understand just how real these girls feel and act and interact. Like the interplay between these four four women. Like I hope they're secretly friends now outside of outside oh. of this show because they just play off of each other <laughs> so well. At, uh, if I, I felt the chemistry like immediately, and for a show that's only thirteen episodes, you know these four girls had to come together quite rapidly in order for the show to kind of move its plot along. And, you know, I meant what I said about episode two, Hinata joining. It was like she was always there or always needed. As soon as she joined the group, I was like, oh, yeah, of course the show needs her. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that actually, that is something that I hadn't really considered is just by the end, how complete the the group is. Because you have... uh, you have Mari's, like, you know, good nature, and, you know, yeah, she's a little bit clumsy, but she's also not, like, terrible at everything. That girl can work a compass, Dan. Compass, I was yeah. gonna say, she knows the compass, like, you trust her with that. <laughs> yeah, she's apparently really good at orienteering. No one knew. But, uh, you know, again, she has the, the good nature, she's kind of the heart of the team, um, you know, she's the one that when she gets choked up, everyone else starts to get a bit sad. And then you have uh, Shirazi, who, man, like, you want to talk about drive. I have, I am trying to remember the last of her is, like, she is blunt, she is forceful, but she's also, you know, easily embarrassed by various things. So there's some great contrast in her character. Yeah, but who else was, like, super enthusiastic when she stepped down and she's like, yeah, screw all y'all. I, <laughs> I made it. In your face. In your face. That other thing. In your face. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Hinata, you know, super hardworking. She's the most grounded and down to earth, but like still knows how to have fun. And of course, uh, our last girl, my home dog Yuzuki. <laughs> <laughs> Yuzuki is lovely. She's just well, she's the she was the one actually that could have gone wrong real fast because she's effectively the rich bitch. So mm-hmm. she um and an idol and like an actress. Yeah, and all she's of that a child kind of actress, stuff. and I think the show did a nice job of really grounding her in the struggles of being a child actress, without making it seem like totally awful. Her life isn't miserable. It's Correct. Just, yeah. yeah. Right. Like her mother. Her mother loves her. She isn't like this cold, like ah, oh, you must perform at all costs kind of person. But like, there's a lot of pressure there. There's pressure, and you know, it's just really hard to make friends. And these are the mm-hmm. first friends she's really had. It's adorable. Yeah, which is which is really great. So I love all these characters. I just I love the way they interact. I think um, just speaking to the writing, you know, I was flipping through just to remind myself of some of the moments I wanted to talk about, and like I didn't even need to like rewatch anything. Just looking at some of these pictures, <laughs> I was cracking up. Like the one Brendan you took, where like Shirase is trying to prove that instead of Yuzuki, she could take her place and go to Antarctica and it's just like Hinata as a shadow person in the back like help her Shinata like Mari from class 2-3 and Shirase is trying to report while Hinata's jabbing her in the face with this apple slice that she's trying to report from Antarctica and like a Hakama or whatever like I just cracked up just looking at that picture (laughs) and I was like yes yes because I remember the dialogue and the scenario writing in my head and I was like, this is hilarious. 
everything about this is hilarious. And just so many of these little moments where these girls like act exactly like high school girls, but are so real and so funny. Either because I've had these same type of interactions with my female friends, or just it's just so hilarious. It's so human. It's so grounded in real humor, and I loved it. You know, I think I liked uh, also the characters had really good, I think, growth throughout the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, the show did a, a kind of a neat thing. So as we said, there's only 13 episodes of it, and they got a lot to cover. I don't even know if they make when did they even make it to Antarctica? Like episode eight or nine? 10. I was 10, the first one wow. that got the when Antarctica they landed one. on. I was it, like, yeah. oh man, we're here. We're here, yeah. And so, like, they use a lot of time skips. Like, we'll, we'll skip pretty, like, wide chunks. Like, you know, one episode, uh, Mari's like, I'm going to go to Antarctica. And her mom's like, you better pass your exams. By the next episode, the exams are over. Like, she's going. Uh, but they use these skips to really good effect. Because then, like, you can see, like, they, they do a good job of showing how the characters have grown. Like, by the things they do and say. Without needing to have a lot of exposition or dialogue to tell you about it. And that was sort of like consistently throughout the show because almost every episode has a pretty big skip in it. Uh, they had a very, very good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Excellent time management and a general lack of filler. Like there's a little bit here and there, but it's usually it's usually internal within the episode. Like we're trying to get to a major point that we introduce some kind of obstacle or some kind of uh, character challenge. Character growth moment. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning... Then, you know, there's a little bit of filler interspersed with, like, moments where they start, you know, pushing towards that kind of, that next point for the character. And by the end of it, the character has either, you know, come to terms with something or overcome some kind of anxiety or simply, like, decided, just like, you know what, I'm cool with how this is turning out. Or, like, the girls are all, you know, supporting each other and friends again and whatever the, whatever the individual, you know, cause and effect is there's a minimum of padding in between all of it, which I really like. Yeah, and also like one of the nice things about having a character-driven show is that the filler still involves the characters. Like as right. long as they're doing something to develop or have, you know, show the characters talking to each other or whatever, you're pretty much getting your money's worth. Like technically the Singapore episode was filler, but it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, this oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. It's about the journey, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean about the scenario writing. Like, there's this sequence where they they see this building with a boat on it or something. It's one of my favorite <laughs> sequences, right? And Yuzuki's like, oh, yeah, there's a pool in there. Because she's been to Singapore. She's like, there's a pool in there. And they're like, oh, I kind of want to see the pool. And she's like, it's really not that exciting. It's it's just a pool. I was in there for a photo shoot once. And, like, out of the bottom of the court, like, the bottom of the screen, sorry. Like, Hinata comes with these, like, wiggly fingers, right? And she's like, was it for a sexy gravure shot? And she's like, oh my gosh. And then like Shirase <laughs> from the back also has wiggly fingers. And she's like, well, was it? And Yuzuki's <laughs> like, no, you idiots. No, that's not what it was for. And it's like one of my favorite sequences. Because it's just so well played. What do you think? Like, no. So that was just adorable and hilarious. Oh my gosh. So good. Oh. Uh. And like you said, she is just a character that could have so easily been, you know, the oh-ho-hoing, like, princess or, like, you know, someone who just doesn't understand how how other human beings work. Well, I mean, she kind of isn't. She has a blind spot. She does. But But at the same time, she's, like, actually interested in these people. And she is probably, I would say, the second most grounded next to uh I agree. Like, she isn't light novel rich bitch where she's like, I literally (laughs) don't know how commoners function at all. Thank goodness she's not that. (laughs) No, she's just just like, this is 
interesting and kind of, and kind of weird. And please stop doing that, or I will kill you. She has oh, that's right. She has a she has a very biting sense of sarcasm, and her her like her ability to detect things. Are you lying? Yeah, she knows. She can see into <laughs> your soul. Yuzuki knows what you're thinking, except when it comes to friendship, because then she's horribly confused. Oh man, right. who would watch Detective Yuzuki? Oh, absolutely. I would definitely. Like, I didn't like <laughs> episode ten. I was so sad because I was just like, this is my last episode, and I just want to watch these girls forever. Like, do nothing with their with themselves. Like, just throw put them somewhere else next, not Antarctica, but just put them anywhere else, and I will watch a fifty episode show with the four of them. It's true. That that pretty much constitutes the list of my dislikes about the show. I wish there were more. I would say um, another thing that the show handles really, really well. It's you know, we talk, the character interactions are like the meat and potatoes of the show and universally great. The conflicts between the characters are usually pretty low key. I mean, the kind of arguments that friends get into or like, you know, someone misreads a social situation and they try to, you know, patch things up or just, you know, because these girls come from very different backgrounds, they have very different ways of looking at it. You know, Hinata is, she's homeschooled essentially after a certain point. She is, mm. She's getting the uh, Japanese equivalent to her GED, and right. she is, and it's because it's like I, it's like she found high school to be fake in a lot of ways, just not. I'm not dealing with this exactly, and there there are other personal reasons for it, but you know she's like she deliberately separated herself from that and made that decision. It's like I'm going to work for it, then I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to I'm going to succeed on my own terms. Similar in many ways to Shirase, just with a more, just with a less like specific goal in mind. Well, I think this was this was really important. Sorry, I cut you off, Dan, because no, this no, was no. my episode six, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this, but being the only one who can come from this perspective, I'm just going to say it. These are very distinctly like female problem. Like the women, these these women felt like they had women's problems. They interacted with their conflicts in a female way and that episode in particular really really drove home the fact that the strength of the writing came from the director i think being female and these writers being female because actually to your point i personally don't believe that a man could have ever written episode six hmm. So how do i solve this problem without punching it right how do i solve this problem without punching it and like i don't it's not to say a stereotype against a guy it's just there's a certain way of speaking to each other that women have that there's no way a man could write. And it's very, very amazing to me that this was able to come across and this whole scenario was able to come together. Because it's a very special episode. It's a very special interaction. And that that understanding of the deeply passionate loner versus the sort of free-spirited loner, like knowing that distinction is huge. And there's a subtlety to those girls which makes them very distinctly feminine. They interact in a very distinctly feminine way. They clash in a very distinctly feminine way. And so the the importance of, of who was on staff and how much care they took to get this scenario to work, or a lot of these scenarios with these girls to work, I think was just astounding. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> uh, where I, where I was originally going, very, very good points with all of that, is that another thing, in addition to the personalities and what drives each of these girls, the part that, for me, hit home the hardest was there was... 
like all of the girls play a very important role in the story, but Shirase is the center point, even though we're introduced to Mari first. Yeah, that was a total bait and switch. So, like surprise. Oh, it was fantastic because <laughs> because again, a character like that, we're so used to seeing them as the main character, you know, the bumbling, uh, it's like the bumbling good-natured one is always the central character, it seems. Well, Mari is the audience insert. Right. Which is why it's sort of bookended with her. Mm-hmm. But you're right, like, Shirase basically is the main character. Right, because the yeah. plot is all... Well, certainly her story, one way or another, so... Yeah, the plot is driven by her actions and her desires. The other girls then you know, latch onto that and they all have their own reasons for doing this as well, but she's the catalyst. She's the, like, Mari may be the heart of it, but Shirase is like the skeleton of the whole thing. She is the foundation on which all of this is based. But even from the beginning, they do such a fantastic job of showing sadness and grief because as is established, you know, first thing, you know, Shirase lost her mother in Antarctica and as far as ways to lose a parent, yes, that's absolutely tragic. It's, you know, some could view it as even kind of heroic. Someone who's, you know, gone to these lengths to, you know, they're going down there for, you know, scientific research. It's not just to be explorers or just to get to some point. They're trying to actually accomplish something. And, you know, she has lost her mother and she has dealt with it up until the point where we meet her initially by working her just working her ass off and making enough money that she thinks it's going to help her make it to uh, Antarctica. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. But uh, <laughs> The legendary million yen in an envelope. Ah, uh, yes. Which is like that, what kicks off the whole thing in a pretty funny, uh, in a pretty funny sequence all of its own. But she is, you know, she is focused so hard on work and so hard on like learning everything she can about Antarctica. Like, you know, she can identify a lot of the equipment that the, team is using just from the get-go uh but she's not a know-it-all or anything she doesn't rub that in anyone's face or like you know i knew this or whatever it's like no it's just, just like okay i know what that is that's a thing for measuring you know air uh, measuring air purity in ice uh, samples or whatever it might be and she's been so focused and so driven and even throughout the course of most of the journey she's you know she's the one who while she might not always be the one to get them over whatever challenge they are, she's often the one who gets them into those situations. And so she's always kind of, you know, she's charging ahead. She's trying to, she's trying to accomplish this seemingly insurmountable goal. As she's been told by everyone so far, what are you, you're not going to make it to Antarctica. You're a kid. Get out of here. Exactly. She's been told so often that it's not going to happen or like, you know, that's a really nice dream, but you know, don't get your hopes up. Again, the whole when she finally sets foot on it in your face is the very first thing she says. And but in the end, when she finally reaches that goal, she has to then confront like the grief that she has over her mother's death, knowing that, you know, in spite of all of this, in spite of all like she was looking for some kind of closure. And near the end, she's wondering, it's like, is this isn't what I expected? Like, I'm glad I came here, but. I'm not feeling the way I thought I would. I thought this would put an end to it. And I'm terrified of the idea that I'm going to feel like this for the rest of my life. That I'm going to feel like I just haven't closed that door. And it takes a lot for that to actually happen. And as someone who has lost people who are close to me, I really felt that one. It, It's very... 
it's very accurate to my, at least my personal experience. I know it, grief for everyone is different, but it was very similar to how I ended up, you know, the, the phases of it that I ended up going through after I, uh, after I lost someone. So the show captures that sensation, that, you know, loneliness and kind of distance that you develop from other people really, really well. Hmm. I think, um, just to steal what you're, where you're going, Dan, one of the things I thought was beautiful about the show was how well it managed to situate and then hit an emotional point. So just rewinding backwards very quickly, uh, Mari has a best friend, Megumi, and Megumi seems like oh, a character yeah. in any other show. She'd be like a total throwaway, right? Megumi, like throughout the first part of the show, when they're getting ready to leave for Antarctica, she's continuously kind of dropping hints that she's not terribly happy about Mari leaving. And like, they'll do this in these little camera shots, little camera shots. And then all of a sudden it comes to this massive head the day that Mari is supposed to leave to go. And it's like incredibly emotional. Like, not just because I've experienced that with female friends and, and it was very realistically done, but because like you, you built all that up and then bam, you let it out and you nailed it. And it, I felt exactly what you wanted me to feel. And for Shirase, I mean, they just do this masterfully. You, you learn, you have flashbacks many times to Shirase working for like the moving company or when she was working at, as a cashier. And she'll talk about how tough it was to not be a normal high school girl. But there's this one sequence where later on she takes out that million yen and she mm. is just putting it on the table and she's oh, yeah. like moving expense, like being a mover, working as a cashier, being a mover doing this and like each bill means something and that that was really really amazing and just it hits you like a ton of bricks because you watched her get there and then she's reflecting on almost like what you've already been experiencing to this point so they just nail that so hard you know it's this incredible incredible journey for her and the show takes that time to build it, reflect on it, and really nail that just sense of pride, sense of grief, sense of everything that goes into losing a parent and her journey here to Antarctica. Just, uh, again, a, fa a excellent understanding of the characters and a generally good understanding of just how human beings deal with everything from social pressure to stress to grief to loss to whatever and all couched within a very you know okay yeah it's a little outlandish that a bunch of high school girls are going to antarctica but considering what a lot of anime is about this is pretty <laughs> darn grounded i'm gonna say these other guys should kind of sit up and take notice hey look at this we made an amazing show there's no there's no really no fan service in it no it's nonsense got solid yeah. characters like take some notes yeah most definitely Holy this is wow. how you do a character drama. Oh, and yeah, they've, and it's not solid drama either. It's uh, it's well paced. Uh, yeah, and well um, interspersed. Hmm. Right. Yeah. There's plenty of comedy in the show too. Uh huh. Yeah, I was definitely like laugh out loud, laugh out loud, like <laughs> put your mask on, Mari. Yeah. Put your mask on. Yeah. Put your mask on, please, <laughs> and like. Now I really want to get some of my girlfriends together and go spying on my coworkers dressed up as ninjas. 
<laughs> that was an amazing episode. They're just like, let's go. <laughs> they like just get into disguise. It's like Yuzuki prompting it, which was the best part. Because normally she's like, I don't think we should do this. Like grounded, grounded, grounded. And she's like, let's dress up as ninjas. Something weird is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that scene. Like all three, like the three of them, like Yuzuki, Shirase, Mari are behind this pillar watching someone. And Hinata's just like standing out in the open like, whatever. Yeah, Hinata's like not even wearing the head thing. She's just like, no, really, we look dumb. I guess I'll wear the mask, but we look like- dumb. Like we're like they're gonna see it. Like come on now. Uh, but yeah, no, fabulous. Uh, you know, fabulous show, excellently paced, beautiful art. Yeah, and actually, and one one more thing I did want to mention. Uh, like the sort of the research. Uh, oh like yes, the, the, the details about Antarctica and the trip there itself. Uh, like they really did their research on this one, like to an impressive degree. Like you know, some of these episodes, the the quote unquote filler stuff is like, oh, we gotta provision the ship and we got to go to Fremantles that we can get like fly to Antarctica and get a boat later and the logistics and the precautions before they go outside like the training you need and the flags and all this other stuff mm-hmm. uh, for instance Siwa station is you know Japan's real life research station and the icebreaker Shirase that they're on is a real ship yeah like I, I, I went and did a little research today to check like there's actually live webcams you can go look at Showa station right now and it pretty much looks like it did in the show. Like, the colors of all the buildings are, are accurately represented. Holy cow. So, yeah. like, it's... Like, you didn't even know it, but it was edutainment. Well, yeah, in that impressive episode you had, Dan, where they talked about, um, like, the reason why they have to enter Antarctica a certain way. Because after World War uh, II, they were only allowed oh, yeah. to enter via this direction. Because this is the section they were given to do research. Like, they did it was mm-hmm. a lot of homework. It definitely did. Actually, that like that picture they had in the book with like a bunch of lights, sort of in an arc uh, across it. Yeah, like that's a that's a picture that Japan's particularly proud of. It's like a time lapse of the sun when it's not setting that they took at some point. So like, because I like looked up the research station, and that was one of the photos. And I was like, oh wow, like that's in the book that the, you know, the book they show during yeah. the during the anime. So high quality of research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they ground their characters. They ground their uh, world and everything just feels more real because of it and you know it just took that bit of extra care to not take the easy way and just you know make these girls whatever you know whatever they thought was going to sell agreed it's just it's such a well-written show it's anything it tried to accomplish it did it and i think it it did so with the same passion it gave Shirase, you know what I mean? The comedy they were trying yeah. to execute, the drama they were trying to execute, the emotions they were trying to get you to feel on screen. I had a friend of mine who kept texting me and was like, why do I have to cry at every single episode of this damn show? <laughs> and I was like, because it's that well written. That's why. Like, every single time they wanted you to feel something, you really, really felt it. So I think uh, it's pretty, pretty obvious we love this show. I, I don't even know why you didn't watch it if you didn't watch it. Get on that. Yeah, but if you're hearing this now, recommended for everyone. Yes, forever recommended. Please watch the show, buy the show, support the show. It's just, it's awesome. It's so yeah, good. Like we said, no fan service. Like, there's no age things I would worry about for anything. Like, anyone can enjoy this show. Anyone, yeah. It's so good. But now, gentlemen, I have a very difficult question for you. <gasps> what is the best thing? diamond mineral powerful water or sexy meat festival uh i'm gonna have to go with the sexy meat festival i'm actually gonna go with diamond mineral powerful water because that's just too good i mean didn't they also have like powerful chicken yeah that's yeah, powerful no, 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 no. chicken, powerful chicken is like 
the weird option. You can't vote for Green Party, Dan. For those of you who didn't notice this stuff in the background when you watched it or haven't seen this, when they're provisioning the ship, all of the boxes are labeled with these ridiculous names. and like, like In English. In English. And like the Sexy Beat Festival is a sign they, sh- they show in front of like a uh, barbecue place when they're in their stakeout during episode two in uh, yeah. Shibuya. So yeah, so funny. They were, the, they were the best English names. <laughs> I want some powerful chicken. Guys, you have to stop voting for Green Party. What is this? Is Green Party going to win? Brendan, you better vote for freaking Diamond Mineral Powerful Water. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes! Okay! So it's, it's between it. Green Party and it's between Powerful Chicken and Diamond Mineral Powerful Water. <laughs> I had two minor gripes with the show. Uh, oh! I, I felt that um, this is minor, minor stuff, r- relatively speaking. To, like, nothing structural, really. Like, I felt it leaned a little heavy on the uh, the uh, the soundtrack when they do the, like, they run the songs under all of the emotional moments. Uh, hmm. But it's generally to good effect, and they uh, they they know what they're doing. Um, and the other one was I thought we were going to get a little bit more of Nobui and her relationship with Yukun. Ah, uh, I mean, we got a shirt, we got the a sweater, wasn't it? Like, yeah, sweater, we got the like, I, love like a, I love you sweater. I love you hand knit sweater. And it's also I mean, a pun. God, Ugh. like, I mean, look at it this way, right? Like. Somehow they're still together. Like she, she got mail from him, right? At some well, point. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, which was more than I was expecting. <laughs> like I, I was surprised. Like she's staying there for the winter team. Like she's she's tougher than she looks. Like she's not. She's not. Even though she's she's worried about this, she's not going home. So, at least not yet. Well, I would watch a sequel mm-hmm. if they make it, and then focus a little more on Yukun. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So maybe, uh, maybe more more show, please. I would watch more, more show. show, please. That's true. I mean, heck, they want to go back in the winter. It's true. So. I would watch the winter season. I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So seriously, watch the show. Just do it. Hmm. You're missing out. Otherwise, it's rock solid. Woo! All right, you folks, go out and enjoy that show if you haven't already, and uh, join us for next season when we figure out what our next rolling review is going to be. We should yeah. definitely sacrifice Brendan again. I'm so glad that worked. Oh. Welcome back, Brendan. You look a little scorched. Ben-Kuchiwa.